0: Happen. And away you go.
1: And now it comes time to actually build it.
0: I'm always thinking about the next thing, not what happened in the past. You want to see
1: someone breaking the mold? We are breaking every possible traffic law. This is oil and whiskey, an Ironclad original. This episode, we're going to be speaking with Paul Senior from OCC. I don't think he needs any introduction. We're also going to be doing a new installment of In the Glove Box. Paul Tuttle Sr. is the founder and owner of Orange County Choppers and starred in the hit TV show American Chopper, Orange County Choppers, and American Chopper Sr. vs. Jr. You can currently find all seasons of American Chopper on the Discovery Plus app. He's also the founder of OCC Roadhouse and Museum in St. Petersburg, Florida, a travel destination with a restaurant, concert hall, and museum showcasing many of Paul Sr.'s custom builds. You can learn more about OCC Roadhouse at OCCRoadHouse.com, you can follow Senior on social media at Paul Tuttle Senior. Paul Senior, welcome to Oil and Whiskey. How you guys doing? Doing good,
0: man. Doing real good. Thanks for having me, man. Oh,
2: absolutely. you know it's funny because I, um, you know, I, I was just buzzing through Instagram, and that's how I, uh, that's how I got you guys, you know. And I just was watching some of your stuff, and I said, man, this is really pretty cool. And uh, you know, then I asked you if I could. Uh, I can get on there. So I, I appreciate you taking the time.
0: No, it's, it's awesome, man. I got to tell you, honestly, like uh, we've done a lot of these and I think this is the first time I'm like starstruck. I mean, I grew up, <laughs> grew up watching you guys. This is, uh, it's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So this is, I'm looking forward to, to hanging out and uh, hearing a little about your story.
1: Yeah. Peek behind the curtain. I mean, in, in all transparency, we got your Instagram message and I run to Phil and Jeremy. I'm like, hey, I don't know if we're getting catfished here or what, but like, he wants to be a guest on. Like, this is awesome. And then, yeah, starstruck is uh, is an understatement for sure. We're, it was. You were very My instrumental in our in our young lives coming up. As, and I mean, first first really reality, you know, TV show that was something that you know a guy would give a shit about. I, I would assume you know, not like a dating show or you know, Real World or anything like that. It was something that was you know, fabricating and shit like that. That was. That was but, awesome. but you
2: know, what's interesting is that it really was, a, and also really, um, uh, it was a family show also. I mean, like a lot of, even today, kids that are in their 20s, you know, they say, you know, I, I grew up, you know, those kids were probably 7, eight, nine, 10 years old. Now they're 30 years old. So oh. it's pretty, it's, it's, and, and they're watching with their mom and, uh, and their dad. So the demographics is, uh, is widespread
0: that was very cool I mean that that you hit the nail on the head that was us yeah it was a family show I'd get done you know I was cutting my teeth as a hot rod builder and uh you know we'd come home me my dad my brother sit down on the couch and I think that was before you had like Tivo and like the DVR so you like actually watch actually get your ass home and sit down in front of the TV but Man, we loved it, and it was such a great dynamic. You know, we come from a family business. Uh, my dad's no longer with us, but, uh, you know, you're probably the only guy to rival his mustache. That's so I'll say. give you that, <laughs> you know. You got him beat there, but uh, very cool. I mean, similar similar dynamic in our family of, uh, you know, he was the, the hardcore, stern, old-school kind of guy, which, uh, you know, knowing him, it brings up a lot of questions for me, you know, as far as— uh, running the business, employing guys. I mean, first thing right out of the gate, because I know we had to pull my dad out of any form of a management position. Cause he's old school. And <laughs> I, I consider you old school. How are you handling that in this day and age with these, these soft young men? Are they, are you able to be yourself
2: or how's that work? I, I, yeah. I listen, I, I, I can't help but be myself. And I think that was the success of the show, you know, cause you couldn't make that up. And, um, so, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not like, uh, like, like I downsized a lot. So it's, um, you know, all those years of, uh, you know, all that pressure. Uh, and, and it, it's a lot, it was a lot of pressure people don't realize that, uh, you know, they think it's not true when you, when it's, you know, got to get it done, got to get it got time. That's all true. You know, you, those bikes that you, that we were building, you know, we had five weeks from start to finish. So it was always a lot of, a lot of pressure, you know, and you're always, you know, I'm, 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 I'm an overachiever, you know what I'm saying? And I can't, um, and I can't help myself. So I got to I always, even if I'm not doing, I got to have my nose in there to make sure that it's getting right. And if it's not getting done right, you know, and somebody's screwing up and it's just, you know, the show was what it, what it was. It really was. It was, it was, uh, um, and especially in the beginning, it, 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 there was no, uh, uh, improvised, there was no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Script. There yep. was no script. It was just, they let us, they let us just um, do our thing, you know?
0: Yeah, that was definitely from the outside looking. and That's what it felt like. It was very cool to see. It was just naturals felt you know un, totally unscripted and, it was so cool for viewers like us. And, you know, we've, we've obviously come a long way in uh, where we started back when we were, uh, watching the show, but it was so cool to see you guys kind of come up the ranks. I felt like we lived the whole thing from, you know, your first shop and then growing and growing and growing. And I'd imagine, you know, you, you said that, uh, there was a tremendous amount of pressure, which, you know, we're probably, I don't know how big you guys were at that point. You know, we're about, uh, what's knocking on 80, uh, employees door here and i know the pressure uh the pressure gets there and yeah you guys got yeah, huge we, didn't you how how big were you
2: well we we probably had 70 people in the in the um in the motorcycle part of and then we had a restaurant there too which probably was another so we had probably you know in total maybe 150 people it's crazy you already know if you're dealing with oh, yeah. 80 people it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It's just the it's just so across the board. You know, you, you gotta you gotta be on top of everything, you know, and involved in everything. And um it's tough. It's tougher than it's tougher than people think it is. you know, they, they look and say, Hey, these guys are making money, you know, they're driving around in a brand new Why do they have a brand new car and I don't? Yeah. Because you don't get up in the morning, you don't go to work. That's why. <laughs>
1: uh before we get too far down the road we got, we try to we try to start at the beginning um i know everybody's yeah, I'm excited just, i'm just going I know, wildly I, I got all these you're ex- questions you're and- super excited we're gonna get there <laughs> sure. we got time uh paul before you were uh the fame and the show and all that you were a dad of four from upstate new york uh you had uh occ ironworks i think at that time where where did the beginning of fabrication get involved um uh, where did it all take us from the beginning
2: I, you know, when I graduated high school, it was like I, you know, I don't, I don't really know what I want to do. But you know, I wasn't not good. In, I wasn't a good boy in high school by by no means, you know. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't really know what direction I wanted to go in. And my brother-in-law had a steel shop, and uh, I worked in the steel shop for probably six months, and then I went to another steel shop for a couple months. And I said, you know what, I don't, I don't want to work for somebody, you know. So I, I went and bought. Um, My dad had a a 66 international truck and a buddy of mine was going to jail and he had a four, four cylinder Hobart welder. And what I did was I bought the truck and I I bought that welder and I started off just going around like welding, you know, hot rod exhausts. And, you know, I, I would go on farms and, 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 uh, you know, weld uh, the manure spreaders or, or whatever, whatever I had to do. And then I got to a point where, um, I started doing ornamental work and uh, that was a big part of my business from the ornamental. Uh, it went to some structural, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think that, um, that was a big part of, you know, go, going back in the day in, this, in the sixties. Um, when you were building a bike or whatever, you, you had to find somebody uh, to cut your steel or cut your frame or weld it. Uh, and I, I had the abilities to do that because, You know i had that in my shop so i always had that advantage and so i could play with stuff and pretty much kind of be ahead of of most people in that era
1: it's crazy that it's i can imagine what it was like in the 60s you like you said you had to find somebody to do that it's 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 much that same way now i mean doing you know projects at home or having a contractor come do stuff it's amazing the amount of people that aren't in the fabrication industry look at that and like well i mean. What are we going to do? We're going to have to find a fabricator to like build that handrail, you know? And it's like coming from the fabricating industry, you're kind of like, yeah, it's whatever. We'll just, we'll cut oh, it yeah. at the shop. We'll do whatever. But in that industry, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a, still a dark art of finding somebody that builds handrails or builds a gate or builds something like that. The ornamental iron stuff is, it's, it's not mainstream even after all these years. Right.
2: And, and it never was really, because even uh, when I did, you know, we did a lot of stairs, window guards, railings. Um, that kind of stuff, and even the, the the structural steel shops didn't want to do that. They farmed that out. So you know, we would uh, we would wind up uh, doing it. But I liked it. You know, I I, I like I loved the steel business. I loved it. I did it for like thirty years. Um, yeah, and I you know I I couldn't wait to wake up in the morning and go to work. You know, and I'd work six days a week. And I didn't know there was anything but six days. I thought everybody worked six days a week. And uh, you know, occasionally seven, but but always uh, six days a week. But I, you know, it was a, a tough business. You know, you're out there welding on them beams in 100 degrees, and you're you're out there in 10 degrees, standing still, burning that rod, and it's it's uh, lifting steel all the time. It was it's a tough job. But like I said, I, I you know, it's kind of like anything else. You start off with a beam, you know, you're starting off with a plain beam, you know, and then you're putting holes in, it. then you're cutting. Uh, we coping the edge and then you're, you're fitting the beams together. You know what I mean? And then that beam eventually becomes a building, you know? And so you start off, it's like with a frame of a bike And you know, when you're done, you got a complete bike and you move on to the next, the next bike or the next job. So it always was uh, for me, uh, remembering that piece of iron that you started with and then standing back and look at that building that's done. Did that quickly become
1: family business as the as the kids got older and, and you know, kind of moved into the ironwork stuff as well?
2: My son, Dan, uh, my son, Dan, took over the business. He 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 he's like he does all the high rises in New York City. He's he's big, you know, and uh, he really did a, uh, a good job, of you know, from taking it from what I had to where he is now. I mean, he's uh, he's probably one of the probably one of the biggest steel shops out there. Yeah. Period. That's, that's awesome.
0: that is very cool. Yeah. That's information you just don't hear about. That's uh, that's really
1: neat. Well, it's still got to be a sense of pride too. I mean, knowing something that you've kind of started that's gone there and your your son running it. Plus, it's probably yeah, better right. that your son's running, uh, working with some of these millennials of today. Like Jeremy was saying, <laughs> that that's a, they don't they don't understand six days a week like uh, like they used to. That's for sure.
2: I, I'll tell you what's funny. He still has guys that worked for me working for him today. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're you're talking. You know those guys work for me. They're, they're probably they're probably near seventy, uh, and they're still working there. And and he's been there probably he's probably been there uh, ten years plus. And he's, those guys went right from my shop to his shop and stayed right there until retirement. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Totally different cool. era, different generation.
1: Work till
0: the
3: day they die, and yeah, that's when you retire. That's- yeah. Rest when you're dead. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's where I'm at, bro. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm 73 and, uh, you know, I'm still in the shop right now, building bikes and hands on. Um, still working out. you still in the gym. Yeah, I'm still in the gym. Yeah. you might just in muscle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I muscle? Mean, <laughs> <absolutely>. that's, <laughs> that's uh when did you, when did you start working out? And I mean, that's had to have been a, a huge part of your life. I mean, for, for quite some
2: time. Yeah, I uh, I got sober in 1985. Um, when I was when I was a, uh, a young guy in, in high school and stuff, I'd work out. I was always a pretty strong guy, and then you know I got into the to the other stuff. And um, so in 1985, um, I stopped the drugs and, and the alcohol, and I uh, started back getting into the back in, into the gym and working out. So you know I've been doing it probably. I'm sober. Th- Thirty-seven years, and probably a year after I got sober, um, I started working out, and I just, you know, I'm I'm a compulsive person, you know what I mean? I don't do, you know, either I do it or I I don't or I don't do it. So I've been doing it for uh, thirty-seven years, and and pretty religiously, you know. I don't I don't take, you know, if I took three weeks off, it's a lot.
1: That's awesome. the whole time. I heard a I heard a little interview the other day with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, the guy was asking him, you know. Why do you still lift? Why do you still work out? You're still in the gym every single day, and his response was it was pretty good because he says, "Why do you why do you eat today if you ate yesterday? Why do you sleep tonight? You slept yesterday. It's just it's that much a part of my day, you know, or of my life. It's something that I do every single day, just like I eat and I get up and I sleep. It's why do you yeah. keep breathing? You you
2: I think you need, you need that routine, you know what I mean? You need to wake up for something. Yeah. You need to go to bed at night thinking about you know what's what's the next day instead of negative." Stuff, you know, you know, what, uh, you, you know, there's enough things going on in your life, uh, which you guys know, and pressures and stuff like that, you know, so you can't, you know, you can't just keep, you can't go to bed at night and keep focusing at night. You got to have uh, something to wake up. You have to have a goal. Yep. Um, so I think that you always, uh, for me, I have to have goals, you know, and, and um, I think that's in an, the routine keeps you, I think it keeps you, it keeps you out there. And um, and 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 it's just it's part of who you are, you know. It's just it's just part of part of your life, and uh, that's what you do.
0: And I think it goes hand in hand with success. You know, I I can't function if I'm not up every morning hitting the gym. You know, I work out at home before I go to work, and then at lunchtime it's in the gym every day at lunch for 30, 40 minutes, and it I feel like it keeps you sharp, keeps you focused, keeps you motivated. And if I can keep doing what I'm doing when I'm seventy three, then Oh yeah. I'll be fucking huge by the time I'm seven. If I stay on if I keep
2: going to the gym the way I'm going now, it's gonna take mm-hmm. that long. But there's the thing though, the thing of it is it does get hard. Oh but <laughs> like yeah. I was, you know, I right now I have my shop in Florida. I don't have the one in New York anymore. So it's an hour ride um from here to where my home is in uh Florida. And you know, at the end of the day, you're like you don't, you're, you're kind of shot, you know what I mean? And I was like skipping the gym, you know, not, not, you know, missing here and missing here. And then I said to myself, well, you know what? It's not going to get, the gym's not going to come to you. So no matter how you feel and, and once you get to the gym and you go inside there and you start working out, you feel good and you feel good when you come out. So sometimes it's just, you got to look at it as, you know, uh, it, it, it's some of, uh, you know, it's I always I always say that, um, you know, in, in my businesses, you're, you're going all the time, going all the time. You know, you, you don't after a while, you don't. I travel the world with discovery, you know, and after a while you get tired and, and, and you say, I, I don't you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go there. You know, and you go there and your life changes because you always sometimes you you meet. You could be sitting. I could be sitting on a, a plane and the would a guy next to me. I'd be, I'd be going shit. Why did they put this guy next to me, you? Know, and he winds <laughs> up being he winds up being the coolest guy, and, and you know, and you learn so much from him. And and, and when you leave, you're like, man, that was a, a that was an experience that I never would have had if I didn't show up.
0: Oh yeah, I learned all about that. You know, I worked my ass off for years and uh, refused to go out with anybody. I was always working, never home, gone every weekend, and my wife was always pushing to. Hey, come hang out with my friends because she. Th- everybody thought she was single or divorced or something. And eventually, you know, I finally like started. I'd take a day off of work here and there, a Saturday, a Sunday, and started making friends and meeting people. And it's amazing when you
1: yeah you open yourself yeah. up.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. It's
1: true. So uh, fast forward a little bit. Uh, how did how did the whole first pilot show American Chopper? How did that start? You're you're doing your thing in you know upstate New York and. A producer from Discovery calls up and says, "Hey, you want to do this?" I mean,
3: did you have the the motorcycle shop first and then get into the Discovery, or
2: I had I had my steel shop, and um, right about that time, I took a portion of my shop that which was downstairs, just like a forty by forty area, because you know I was always into always into bikes. I, I, I have uh, I still have my original nineteen seventy four Harley in the in the restaurant. Wow. Um, but but I but I was always uh, I was always uh, into it. And I said, you know, I'm going to put a little shop downstairs and and just build bikes. And, you know, if I sell a few fine, if, if I don't, you know, I'll just keep building. And, uh, so I got a a phone call one day and they said, um, they asked me if I wanted to do uh, a one hour documentary, um, building a, building a bike. And, um, where the heck was that? And, uh, I can't even think in, in New Hampshire with Laconia, Laconia, and um, so I thought there were because Jesse had done done a show before that. He was very successful with that show uh, on the West Coast, and and basically what they what they wanted to do is re- recreate that on the on the East Coast. Um, so they saw I just opened up a website probably a week before they they call me and. The producer said, get, "Go get me somebody on the East Coast." And the guy was looking through the website, and he said, "This guy looks like a this guy looks like a motorcycle bike. This guy looks like a biker. Give him a call." That was it. <laughs> 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 so that mustache right? and yeah. that My, mustache and out. <laughs> working
1: out it paid off. Yeah, those tattoos and muscles gonna kind, of kind of paid off. Yeah,
2: yeah. So it's it's funny. <laughs> You know, when you, when you think about it, when you're a kid growing up, would you ever think about being on TV?
0: No. No, no. way back then, you know, it wasn't even a thing. It's No. It, it, mean- it, it seems so mainstream nowadays that, you know, there's... Yeah, nowadays. Yeah. Right. But back when you started it, it wasn't. I mean, you guys, were, you guys were the first that really... I mean, there was like Monster Garage and Jesse had his uh, documentary, but from a weekly TV show, I mean, that was just game-changing.
1: Well, to put it in perspective, answer your question, when I was a little kid... I say little, when I was a kid, I was what we were watching you. Never would we think that we'd be sitting here interviewing you right now. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Have no idea what's coming tomorrow. Uh, I can't, I mean, I'm still.
2: It's so funny because, you know, uh, it, it still sounds a little strange to me because, you know, by trade, I'm a blue collar guy, you know, and I'm a blue collar guy. I didn't really sign up for the TV thing. You know what I mean? They, they recruited me. So you always have that. Uh, I still always have that blue collar um, mentality. And I think that people uh people identify with that. And I think there's more more of a respect than let's just say an actor. You know what I mean? An actor is somebody that they that's Tom Cruise, you know. But I'm like, people talk to me like I'm their family. Hey, you know, like you would be walking down the street, hey senior, you know what I mean? They they identify, they identify you differently than Like more than just a uh, a celebrity, it's kind of like because you've been in their living room so so long, they they identify as like family, you know. Yep. Did
1: you have any idea, like, what was coming, or was it just like, oh, we'll do this one hour deal, and hey, it might be some publicity for you know for the shop and stuff like that? I mean, what's going through your head at that early on?
2: Well. Of, of of course, you know, the deal was too, is this, you guys want to do a show? We'll be down in two weeks. We'll start filming in two weeks. And that's, and that's, uh, that's what happened. And then uh, Billy Lane had a show the night, Roger Borgett. And then they had these uh, women that had a show. And then it was us. I think we were the last show. And uh, I was watching the show and I was like, and it was like, think about it for a second. It's like something that you've never seen. Like, I've never seen anything like that on TV. me. You know, yelling at my son, spitting, you know, rage, outrage, and just crazy, crazy, crazy. You know, and 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 I watched the show, and I sat in on my chair, and I said, "This, this cannot be real. <laughs> they're not, they're not really showing this shit." I not. <laughs> And and, and I, I honestly said, like I was sitting in, on my couch, like in shock, and I t- t- turned to my girlfriend at the time, and I said. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on a plane and then I'm going to go to California and then I'm going to kill the fucking producer. <laughs> word <laughs> for word, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I I, I meant it. And uh, so what happened was the next day, I remember going to work and I was like, I had just started a shop, you know what I mean? And we were doing, you know, I was selling, I got a few uh, dealers, you know, so the bikes, you know, I wasn't killing it, but, you know, we were getting around a little bit and uh so when i went to work i said it's over man there there's nobody gonna buy bikes <laughs> from a crazy person you know and uh so i went to the gym went to the gym that night and uh i ran into somebody there and uh, they said that i was the highest rated show on cable tv period that night so i was like what the hell's you know like what's up with that you know but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a trip, you know, uh, uh, that, that was like, and then, and then boom, you know, the next show and the next, once the third show hit, it was like, like somebody opened up a dam and just, you know, it just flooded in. It's crazy. I mean, you know, you're not prepared for that. You're not prepared for that. You're just the regular guy that's in a steel shop, you know, going out measuring jobs and building railings. And next thing you know, there's thousands and thousands of people waiting online to get your autograph and a picture. And it was like, and honestly, it was, it was like that overnight. I mean, we went to the Javik Center and we shut down the the highway there because there was so many people. It was crazy. I mean, I felt we we were like, (laughs) you felt like the Beatles, you know, (laughs) like I've been in situations that we went to England and we pulled into this place. And and I am telling you, there were 20 deep on each side for, I don't know how long. And we actually had a drop. We dropped the bikes and, and we ran. You know, and we had a police escort too. Damn.
1: That's that's it's gotta be difficult to stay humble when it comes that fast. I mean, because there's gotta be those times where you've gotta have those, you know, self-talks or or sitting there at night being like, All right, all right, now Paul, come come back down to earth. You know, I'm not I'm not king of the fucking world. I can't do it. there's that's from the mental side of things coming up. That astronomical high, that fast, um, would be. You yeah,
2: know. I mean, you, 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 you. What happens is you expect things. You know, I'm not paying for that. You know, you, you, you want to give me that CNC machine, and I'll put it on TV, but I'm not paying for that. So you get that. You get that kind of mentality. Yep. You don't get the mentality. Hey, beat it because I'm a celebrity. You know what I mean? I never, never, ever done that, and I've never refused uh, a picture. Um, because I don't, you know, the, like I think after a while you learn that it's really not about you. It's about the people because those those they get excited about seeing you. So you don't want to really pride people of that. And you have um, uh, you have a great opportunity as a celebrity to really make a difference in people's lives. So um, that's kind of that's kind of how I look at that. And, and, and why I say that I remember being online. Uh, being at a a, a show in Italy and the line was a long line and you know, it was like four hours. I was up there and, uh, and I said, I I got it. this is enough, you know? And, uh, and the next people that came, they started crying because they were um, so excited to see me. And then it makes you realize that it's really not about you. You know what I mean? It's about the, 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 um, what that person got out of it. So, there's been a lot of uh, opportunities in my life to do uh, charity work and being part of uh, uh, like a Make-A-Wish Foundation. You know, we w- were involved in a lot of big on animals, uh, you know, do a lot of rescue um, stuff like that. That makes you, you know, p- people, people are not just going to talk to anybody, but they'll talk to me. They'll talk to me because of, the celebrity status and they've seen me all the life, So I had that opportunity uh, to be able for people to respond to me uh, a lot quicker than just the guy off the street.
3: That's a pretty awesome point of view and, and take on it and being able to take that celebrity and, you know, not just capitalize capitalize on it for yourself, but make some, some serious changes for everybody else. Uh, it's a cool take that you don't hear that right. often on it.
2: Don't think I didn't like the money. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't like the money. Too. <laughs> <me. laughs>
0: That's it's always a important. Lot of always money. important. A lot of cars, but <laughs> yeah, cars and bikes aren't free. You know? yeah.
1: But I can it's imagine, though, from the from the company standpoint, like you said, your your mindset is you know the fans are are, are, are what it's all about. That's why you know I'm here where I'm at is because the yeah. fans. Um, but from the business standpoint, the other companies, there had to have been you know. Every company under the face of the earth, you know, try my tools, put, you know, wear this shirt, do this from that standpoint, the, the mentality of, of being the shrewd businessman and being like, you know, it's, it's quid pro quo. You, you want to be on TV and you want to do this. And, and you've also got a brand to worry about. You can't just throw any company or any tool or any, uh, you know, CNC machine up there. Um, you know, that you're going to put basically your name on. So that, that's a whole other aspect to the, to the industry or to that TV
2: show. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, um, I mean, you know, people, you know, a lot of uh, people in the motorcycle industry frowned on what we did because uh, we weren't building, um, you know, choppers per se. And, uh, uh, you know, it was kind of like uh, Jesse called us a cake decorator, <laughs> 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 which, which, uh, uh,
0: that one's. It sounds like that that might have stuck. That, that was like a
2: deep wound, maybe. <laughs> oh, he 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 sent me. He, he built a car for me, but somebody he had. I still have it today. But uh, they did like a birthday cake, and with uh, me on there with a candle, and uh, it said uh, "cake cake decorator" on it. So <laughs> it was it was uh, pretty pretty funny. But um, but you know the thing of it is that's that's what made us. You know. Every corporation in the world did a bike with us. You know, uh, uh, HP. I mean, you know, we did four Super Bowls, five Super Bowls. Um, so, you know, the the the, um, the the bikes that we did to uh, represent the companies' theme bikes really was who we were and what we did. It's funny you
0: say that. Uh, you know, you mentioned you're a blue collar guy, but you know, you've obviously got a hell of a business sense because taking that direction i mean you could have just started building bikes just build cool bikes but you know you say you like money i'm sure there was a hell of a lot of money when you take that direction and start bringing those big corporations and building the theme bikes and i mean that seems like that direction built a hell of a business for you guys and yeah sure they were mm-hmm. not, they're not maybe like award winning choppers or the theme bikes like you know probably not my favorite You know, I I dig a lot of this stuff that you've built, but uh, had to just crushed it for the business. I would
1: imagine. Well, and the notoriety for the industry itself—that's the thing that I don't know if a lot of the guys understand. Is of people
2: don't realize that?
1: You know? Yeah, I mean, you've got you've got you know CEOs of HP and CEOs that that are understanding a little bit more about the chopper world or the fabricator world or the blue collar world.
2: It just was a business. It was and, and you know so you know if 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 they choppers. If corporations wanted choppers that like that, I would build choppers like that too. Choppers but, what they you know, got. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. But you know, I, I, uh, I don't, uh, I don't judge uh, because of that. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, I, I think it was not, it was uh what magazine was that? I forget iron, iron horse and one of He sat down next to me at the airport and he said to me, uh, so why do you build those, those, uh, Bikes, those whatever kind of bikes. It wasn't. Uh, I forget what he said. And I said because it pays the bills, dude. And and, uh, and 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 so so you know it was it was like you know it's okay to have that mentality of of the chopper, and it's okay to you know Thatcher magazine. You know what I mean. But it's not okay to uh, pass judgment on, on other people for for what they do. Yep. So I don't, you know, sometimes pe- people are envious of success.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of guys that have made millions and billions manufacturing toilets for a living and you, you're, you're, <laughs> so you can make money doing, doing, doing anything, you know, and it's, yeah, yeah you I, shouldn't I, have, I think what you guys did was a, it was, it's inspirational from both a fabrication and a business standpoint. You know, you, you mentioned taking on all this equipment, that that was you know probably donated from different guys and I see these shows today and it's like it's one yeah okay great you got a CNC machine you got a water jet machine but implementing those staffing the shop being able to use the machinery get it up and running I see this shit like sitting in the background of all these shows nowadays just sitting stagnant because it takes a tremendous amount of skill and a businessman and somebody with
2: some intelligence to get this stuff rolling. And, and time too, you know, everybody thinks, and even in the steel business, everybody thinks that you do, you, you go make a phone call and hire this guy and hire that guy. And you're going to have uh, a bunch of uh, people uh, working for you that are, you know, masters in the trade. That's not true. You know, it takes it, you know, it could take you uh, 10 years before you get the crew that you want. And that makes the diff- all the difference. You're only as good as the people around you. Yeah, And that doesn't happen overnight. And you probably know that too with the amount of employees that you have.
3: There's a good amount of trial and error and find the right guys. A lot of guys, I would imagine in your position as well, you know, want to be on TV and talk a, a pretty massive game and can't back that up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, coming in for their you know, 30
1: seconds of fame. To- as a stepping stone to their, to their <laughs> right. next shop or yeah. whatever it is.
2: Yeah. People get funny around the camera, you know? Oh,
3: Yeah. yeah. With building all the the theme bikes and corporate bikes, how much of that design was all you? How much did you have to incorporate from the the companies you were working with? Do you have any major hurdles or you know, headbutting on they had to have this? You said absolutely not.
2: Um, not much, you know, and 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 probably, you know, we always let them we always let them if they're a company and they want whatever they want incorporated into the bike, you do it you do it, but you know, there, it's like anything else. If I'm building a bike and they want me to do that and I see that's not appeasing to the eye, I, I won't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call them up and tell them, listen to that, you know, it's just, you know, I, this, this bike represents me too. You know, I, I don't, I can't have it looking like, uh, look, you know, like it, that's not, that's not what you do for a living. That's what I do. for a living.
1: Everybody's, uh, probably seen the shows and they know the you know everything that went along was if I can word this question correctly when when the show was coming to an end um, the tv show portion of it is that coming to an end when you want it to later than you want it to or earlier than you want it to was that would was you were you thinking you're like man I'm glad this is over or I wish it could have kept going or were you thinking that three years before it was over? Like, man, I'm, 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 I'm over this. Done. Yeah.
2: You know, the show got difficult when they put the, the senior versus junior. I didn't like it no more after that because, you know, they forced you to do script and, you know, I had a battle with them because I didn't want to do it. and You know, it just kept getting worse and and, and worse. And, and, and it wasn't no fun, anymore, you know? So I didn't, um, you know, at that point, it was like it just you talk about stress there was a lot of to think about it your 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 family your whole family's watching you on t v and you know you're 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 fighting with your kids and your uh and and whatnot in front of millions of people so and and I don't you know, like the, all the years of fighting and, and exploding and stuff like that, I didn't really care about that. You know what I mean? I, I, it, 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 it was like that off TV. So it didn't make any difference. <laughs> any. We just did it on TV. That, that's what you did. Uh, but it got to the point where it was like, you know, I, I don't want to do a TV show if I'm forced to do things that I don't want to do. Because it never was like that in the in the beginning. You, I told them what to do. <laughs> I t- you would tell them, you know, when you when you're when you're getting ratings like that, nobody tells you what to do, yep. including the station. <laughs> if you tell them you're not doing that, they'll say, "Okay, we'll we'll do something. We'll do something different." But you know that the, none of that stuff lasts forever. And you know, and again, it got to the point where it was just too stressful, and, and I, I I really didn't I really didn't want to do the show anymore. Um. Yeah, that's that's what it came down to.
1: What uh? What brought you down to Florida?
2: <sighs> New York. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so it brought Florida. everybody from New York <laughs> down to Florida. Uh, you, you know my my wife. Um, she had a place in um, Delray, and uh, for a, a long time. And then, you know, when I met her uh, ten years ago. I, I would go down to go down there, and because we had a she had a little place down there. But you know, it really like for me, it was too congested. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't go downtown and eat dinner. You know, it would be a, a nonstop uh, picture session. Um, and then there was no place to ride your bike. You know, it was a light, another light. You know, you could run across down the coast there, which was nice. But th- but it was the same thing. You know, how many times can can you do that uh, ride? And then we did a show for um, uh, Trade Winds, which is a resort <clears throat> down here in, in uh, Brooksville. And and um, I said to um, I said to one of the, the, the not the owners, but the guy that worked here. I said, you know, if they can, if there was a part of Florida that was like New York, like country and you know trees and that kind of thing, I'd think about. I'd think about moving down here, and he said, "Well, there is, you know." And, and he took us to Brooksville, is where I am now. And We have a farm, and we have animals. And you know, I I was like, "This is like I I, I didn't know that was Florida. You would never know it's Florida." So we decided that there, That's the, the ride near is phenomenal. There's no traffic, you know what I mean. So you can go out for the day and not you know bump into a lot of cars. So it's kind of like everything. Um, everything that I would want between the animals and the bike riding and uh, nice and quiet. Your neighbors are far enough away uh, where you get to just kind of do your thing. And um, so I, I I liked it. And then, you know, I'm in Clearwater with where the restaurant is and I'm on the same, like Carly Davidson's, you can walk there in a half a second because they're only maybe 50 yards from our, our restaurant. So it really made sense. And it's a, it's a busy area in this area, you know. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to uh, live here, but for business, uh, it's really good. So I kind of, I kind of got the best in both worlds. I got a small shop here, which I like. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, I can, I could come to work and not have a hundred people uh, come in here and interrupt what I do. So you know, it's listen. It's a different life. I'm seventy three. You know, I'm not old by no means, and I'm not crippled by no means. <laughs> I'm still putting up fences uh s- still working but you know it's it's um i don't want that high pressure anymore. you know i want to build bikes uh fortunately i'm right now i have eight bikes to build um and but i don't have you know it's kind of like when you you know you can when you get the bike done call me you know what i mean yeah. not exactly like that but it's not like hey where's my bike hey hey you know did you you know what i mean so that's uh it makes it a lot more enjoyable people are not hanging on your neck
0: So where you're at now coming from, I mean, it's a wild ride starting from absolutely, I mean, nothing being self-made starting a small chopper shop, growing it to probably the largest bike shop in the world. And now scaling back and moving thousands of miles down into the country in Florida and welding, fabricating and putting bikes together yourself. If you had to pick one of those out of all, where are you, where are you the happiest? Or is it, uh, did you enjoy the ride to get to where you're at now?
2: Um, listen, you know, life's an experience, you know, and it's part of your history, you know? So I, I very rarely regret where I came from, you know, in, in, in the things that I've done in my life. Cause it's, it's, it, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, whether it's alcohol or drugs, it, it it'll, it'll give you the ability to progress from there. If you, if that's what you want to do. Um, and I even think my, uh, you know, talking freely about alcoholism and, and drugs on TV um, has helped a, a lot of people, too. So there's a there's a purpose there. You know what I mean? It just wasn't all in in vain. So that's the way I look at life. You know, it's like everything um, It's just a, you know, it's, it, it's it's a passing through thing, you know. And, and so, you know, you, you could really uh, look at life where you are today and how you got there.
1: That's that's interesting. I was gonna even ask about, you know, regrets or anything that you look back, but it, you've answered it that it's all an experience. And no matter no matter what what unfortunate times you might have went through or thought you were going through, it's still sacrificed for all the good that has either came your way or went other people's way. So that's a very interesting way of looking at, like you said, life's a journey and you don't re- you don't worry about what you did yesterday. You worry about what you're gonna to do tomorrow.
2: You know, that's yeah, because you know, like even in, in the twelve step program, they tell you that you only have today, and and you know it's it's so it's so true, and you know I couldn't really grasp that because um, I had a hard time um, getting sober and and and, and, and uh, trying to, you know, uh, you know things got really bad, and, and so when they said a day at a time, I was like, fuck, a day at a time. That's you know, that's bullshit, man. I need a drink and I need to break down. I'm a fucking day at a time, bullshit, you know? And, uh, but, but, you know, when you think about uh, a day at a time, you know, I had to look at it at like, so I really only have today and I could be dead tomorrow. So I don't really have to worry, you know, I don't, I may not have to have experience that pain or whatever it is the following day because I may not. I may not be around to, to do that, you know, and you know, a day at a time becomes a year at a time and two years at a time and, 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 and on and on.
1: If you don't mind talking about that, what, what brought you to that point in 85 where you're like, it's I'm done. If you don't want to ask it, we'll, we'll, we'll no, cut it no, out. I, don't,
2: I, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, like I can tell you it was through the grace of God because there was no way in hell I could do it. You know, I, I, I couldn't, it was like, you know, that had a hole in me that, and it wasn't let go, you know, and I I couldn't like let go of it no matter, um, no matter how much I, I tried. So, you know, you know, I, 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 it's funny because, you know, it was like I I had a business, had my, my steel business, but it was a small business at the time. And, uh, they, you know, when you need to go to rehab, you need to go to rehab. And, and, and I thought about going to a rehab and then, you know, I kind of woke up in the morning. And I said, I i can't go to no rehab. What, I've worked for this business. What am I going to do? Just, you know, I was just a one man show. Maybe I had one one other guy uh, working for me. You know, I started it by myself and I said, I can't, I'm not going to, I can't give up what I, what I worked hard for. And uh, so I went to a, a AA meeting that night and I had been to one, a, a while ago and I thought it was the worst fucking thing that you could possibly, it was like a bunch of losers. There's a bunch of losers in this room. I don't, I don't belong in here, you know? you know, I need to go get a drink. And, uh, so, so back to what I was saying. So I did go to, that night. I said, I'll, I'll go to a meeting, you know, and, um, and I went and I hated it. it. They're same losers were in there as the last time. But, uh, but you know, it. it, it what I, what I find and it's a typical, anybody knows anything about it, a 12 step, program um which i recommend for people that do have a problem um i mean that's what that's what did it for me but uh you know again you know you, you, i went that one time and i didn't have a drink you know and then i went back again and i didn't have a drink you know and and, I, and then i continued to do that but the the road was rough because you know i had four or five guys working me that drank like i did you know, so every day we were on the job site, they were passing a bottle of whiskey back and forth and I'd be sitting there drooling. And and so it was it was hard, uh, even harder to be in that environment and be able to survive that because they didn't. You know, my partner died. He was at, at 35 years old. Um, you know, his liver just quit on him, you know. So, you know, I was I was fortunate uh, to be able to. Um, to stop and and stay, stop. Um, And I think that, you know, if you ask me if I'm capable of drinking, I say, yes, (laughs) because I am, you know what I mean? And I can't forget, I can't forget that I can't, I can't have a drink, you know what I mean? And there's no sense in having a drink because if I'm going to have a drink, it's going to be a bottle. It's not going to be a drink because there's just not enough, not enough. There's just not enough whiskey, you know? I think that's, that's interesting not to,
1: not to make light of the situation at all, but it's interesting listening to you. You've definitely got a winner's mentality. You've definitely got the mentality. If you're going to do something, do it right and do it all the way. And I think that we see that a lot in this industry and in other industries as well. When you have that winning mentality, when you have that, I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. Unfortunately, that also comes to some of the bad things too. If you're going (laughs) to, if you're going to drink, you're going to win it. You're going to, yeah.
2: you're going to do it the best that you, that anybody else can. You're going to it's, drink more than bigger, <laughs> it's yeah. that compulsive personality.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
2: <laughs> you're not kidding. Yeah. I never do. You know, if I, you know, if I'm going to have a snow bill, I'm going to have at least two, you know what I mean? I'm not having one of anything. You know, it's like you know, the bikes, It doesn't make any difference. You know, you're, if I'm going shopping, you know, for one thing, I'd come home with 10 things, you know what I mean? I think it's just, it's just a compulsive, uh, uh, Personality, so it's a blessing and a curse. Though.
1: it absolutely is, and we we talk about it and joke amongst ourselves about that. You know, the, you're never uh never satisfied, and that's the that's the downside. That's what keeps you going. It's,
3: it's the drive. It's and, the also uh, the
1: drive. Yeah. It's it's what you know. What you did yesterday is not good enough, and what you're going to do tomorrow is going to be better than that.
2: Yeah, it's it's um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a, a mentality. Uh, you know, um, I, I've oh, even at, at seventy three. It's still, there's a lot of obstacles that I that I've since the show. You know, ups and downs, and uh, and it's 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 easy to it's easy to lay down. It's not hard to uh, it, it's hard to get up and stay up. And, and I think that that's uh, um, you know, I'm I've always been that I've always been that person to not accept the defeat. And just keep putting one foot in front of the, in front of the other, and, and uh, I, I think that's something that's probably ingrained in you uh, from an early age. You know, I had to work at, a, at an early age, and and you know, I worked not just sweeping floors. I worked, you know, I worked hard uh, at whatever it is that I that I did. And so um, you don't see a lot of that today. <laughs> Not, yeah. so, so, a lot of that today. I think
0: Bob Dylan said it best when he said these times aren't changing. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, <laughs> so that's certainly
1: not for the better <laughs> making the, making the conscious decision um, to not go the easy route, I think is what is, is often overlooked with today's day and age uh, workforce. It's like you said, it's, it's very easy to like to, to stay laying down. It's very easy when that alarm goes off on a Monday morning, you know, and like, ah, and I've had a few too many last night or, you know, I didn't get in bed in time and I really don't, you know, it's the easy thing to either make up the excuse or just call in or, or, or not do what you needed to do that day. But in those times, making the conscious decision to do the hard thing because, you know, it's the hard thing, regardless, whatever that is, it's like, well, I know that if I don't do this, then I'm I'm losing or I'm taking the easy way out or I'm not being the 1%, you know, you there's there's something once you flip that switch and you're taking the pride in doing the thing that sucks the most because you know that nobody else will do it, that that changes changes your outlook on life oh, I, and it changes your it path.
2: You know, shit does the shit doesn't just go away. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, if 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 uh you know I, I'm, I'm you know, it's kinda like when you drink it's it what's it looks, it looks, fucking raining today it's a good reason to drink you know the sun's out it's a good reason to drink i don't feel good well i need a drink you know i feel great you know uh, let's have a drink but um you know even like today if uh you know people think that if you know if if there's something that they have to do in their life but they have a drink that it's going to make it different the following day well it doesn't it just prolongs it
1: right well uh Another thing we I wanted to ask, I know there's probably listeners that want to know this if you don't want to answer it, we'll move on and cut this part out of the show completely. but going through everything you went through with the family and all that, how is your relationship with the kids today
2: the 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 relationships is, is, are okay they're not uh the only difficulties I have is with my son uh, Paulie. but you know we're we're at a uh at a place where you know we go to if we're at a family event or something like that, you know, uh, it's okay.
0: Me, my brother, and my old man, we're in a you know, family business, and yeah. there's a couple of holes in the drywall still, but for the most <laughs> part, you know, we get along all right, but I, I certainly see the challenges in, yeah. uh, in in how that day-to-day can be, but... What was is it like clashing from an idea standpoint a personality standpoint I mean what
1: drove the are you too close are you too similar
2: in <laughs> personalities um, I you know I grew up with ethics you know and I, and I have a problem I have a big problem with that in and in, in, in respect you know respecting people respecting people's stuff um, and and that's where we differ so much you know I you know you're uh, if you're going, you know all that stuff was true. You know he, you know, you're at seven o'clock. You're at work. I'm there at seven o'clock. All my men are there at seven. You can't walk in at nine o'clock like you're the boss's son. And so, you know, and you know things like using people's tools. they are tools. You guys know your tools mean a lot to you. You know what I'm saying? You're not. You don't want anybody. And my uh, tool, my
0: toolbox has been raped and pillaged for
2: fifteen yeah. years. So. <laughs> But you know, you understand. You know, so it's it's kind of like um, uh, those kind of things. were from two different worlds, you know. And I don't. Um, and and you know what? That's 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 an acceptance part that i never dealt with or had a hard time dealing with. You know, because uh, you know, sometimes you just got accept the fact that people are just not not going to change. You know?
1: Well, that's it's interesting. It leads me to my actually my next question is is that infamous scene and you're saying, you know, the seven o'clock thing, you got to be in there that, that was all true, not scripted. How, how over the years, I'm sure it's gotten better, but knowing that that's probably one of the most famous memes being used for everything in the internet of (laughs) any type of argument and it being such a, such a real and probably uh, you know difficult time. I'm, I'm sure. Um, even just in the last hour, knowing you, I'm probably, you're probably looking at it as like, it's part of the journey, you know, but I mean, what are your thoughts on, on being an inter- a mean <laughs> star
0: sensation? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it was, it, you know, it's, it, I didn't know what that was. I couldn't figure out like, well, what's a mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really mean that. you know. And, and uh, so when I, when I, when I found out what it was, I think I got, uh, the, the person that started that, I did an interview uh, and, uh, and I, I, you know, it's kind of like you know the people say, well, you know, you, you know, you really made it when you're when you a meme. You know? so, <laughs> I think they're still doing. I think oh, they're yeah. still. him yeah. and Michael Jordan
0: are probably the two most popular memes. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Not that's not bad uh, company. No,
3: it, it captures like perfectly in a picture so many situations <laughs> that you can just plug right in. Right.
1: Yeah, people
2: love it. People love it. Man. How's Mikey doing? Mikey's the best. He's the best. He's coming down here. Um, he's coming down the sixth. Um, he's doing a, an appearance or something like that. So I'll get to see him then. But yeah, and, uh, you know, they're, they're they're two different ends of the spectrum. You know, Mikey's uh, Mikey's this good-hearted guy that would uh, uh, you know give you his shirt off his back. Uh, you know, always makes me laugh um, and a smart guy. He's just you know he's he's a real smart kid, Michael. You know, and I don't think some people don't. Look at it that way because he's kind of a clown, but he's he's a really uh, he's a really smart kid. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if you watch the show, you can see the chemistry. You know, he just always uh, you know made me laugh on on the show and off the show too. So you know, it was uh, and everybody likes Mikey, and I don't. I never heard people say, "Well, that guy," you know. what I mean, uh, everybody everybody loves Mikey.
0: Yeah, I always got quite a kick out of great personality, great sense of humor, man. I was always cracking up.
2: He's not gonna die. He's not gonna die in no heart attack. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely not setting the world on fire.
1: <laughs> well, moving over into the into the automotive side of things, since that's obviously what our uh, what our deal is, and um, you know, kind of the, mostly the purpose of the uh, podcast. Although we've been talking to some bike guys, um, talk a little bit about your interest in in hot rods, muscle cars that from. I've always been into bikes and enjoyed them but I've always been way more into the car thing like we all have and I remember watching on that when they would show little pieces of either what you were driving to the shop that day or showing your uh you know personal garage you'd get little snippets of oh man he's into cars too and that that was always kind of what made me like you even more honestly because it was like oh he's got some hot rods so he, he you know mm-hmm. It's not just some TV guy building some motorcycles. Right. He's been around the block and obviously has some style and taste. See, I, I it figured, was their H2,
3: right?
0: Uh, it seems like you got quite a car collection. I know I'm familiar with that Model A that you have built that little five-window coupe. That's a that's a bad little hot rod, man. I I dig that.
2: Yeah. I you know, I I'm from the muscle. I'm I'm like from the best era of cars ever, you know. I'm I'm from the I'm from the era where muscle cars uh, you know, when when you didn't, you know, the the, the the racetrack you were on was, it just had a red light and a green light. And when you, you know, when you were going to work in the morning, what your, you know, I had a GTO 70 or 69, had a couple, of them, but you know, it, you, there was nothing but muscle cars everywhere. Z28s, 409, did, there was nothing but muscle cars. So, you know, if you were going to work in the morning, you stopped at a light and you looked to your right, there were, you know, it was just go time. All the time, it was go time. And uh, the models back then, you had to glue everything I mean, you were high on that glue by the time you were doing it. <laughs> you, had to, you had to put so many parts together. So you yeah, actually learned a little bit uh, um, from that. But, uh, you know, and then and then later on in life, you know, I kind of, you know, the 57 and the 55 uh, Chevys, you know, and, uh, you know, the car that I always wanted in my first car wound up being a, a 66 Dodge Dart uh, slant six push. Slant so six push button that was my first car yeah. and uh but well, you couldn't kill those cars. I tried to kill that car, I couldn't kill them. They, they, they ran forever. You didn't you didn't have to put oil in them or nothing water it it just, just ran. Just
1: oh, Phil and Jeremy have the same same Mopar experience on a car you couldn't get. They were they were Chrysler LeBaron guys, and you couldn't yeah, kill no, that yeah, thing. except in
3: ninety one. You know, if
1: you don't put oil in it, the lifters seize up. You yeah.
3: so, found that out. Jump it too many times, you blow radiators out of it. But
2: you but you know, growing up as a kid, like um uh, uh my buddies Brother had a, a 62 409 two fours. It was like that was the shit, man. I mean, what's nicer than a 62 uh, Impala 409, no, especially crazy. back then? You know, they were, and and those guys would go out and they'd race and then they'd come back and they'd be tuning up the car and we'd be our head underneath the hood there. And, you know, then them guys just, you know, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you, you know, and, 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 uh, but, you know, and, and then it just kind of like, you know, then you became, you know, 17, 18. And now, now you, you know, now I have my GTO. You know, I was in the merchant save saved money, came home, bought a 69 GTO. And uh, and it was just, you know, that I, I missed that error so much. You know, we would meet, we would meet, no bullshit. We'd meet at this diner called Donlin's every Saturday night, like clockwork. There'd be 100 plus cars there every Saturday, 100 plus muscle car, 413s, uh, 427 vets. Um, everything, and you would go there and everybody would bullshit around looking cars and then you would say, okay, who's, who's racing who for what money? So let's just say I'm racing my, my buddy for 50 bucks, okay? Get in your car, you take off. And when we used to have the Palisades Parkway, bridge to bridge was a quarter mile. And when you left the, 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 the restaurant, there was a hundred cars behind me. <laughs> everybody went. and they would you would you would get us lined up by the bridge and you know somebody would get out and say go but there was when i tell you there there was no way that a cop or anybody because there was cars there was cars backed up for half a mile and then when that was over when that was over everybody went back and then somebody else went out so it was like i mean think about that that's like no oh, it's like heaven that's like, that's, that, that had and, to be and, wild coolest time ever and you think you know when you look at today and, and then you know like uh like my gto we i'd run pure stock and you would you know if you did under 14 seconds you were you were, moving, you, oh, were moving you, pretty yeah, fast, you were pretty right? yeah and 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 you know think of today you know 7 seconds or uh we have an electric bike that that did under 7 seconds and wow you know, we're going we're going to run it again we broke the world's record and somebody else beat it in Germany or somewhere. So we're we're, we're actually <clears throat> redoing that. We're going to run it um, again next month, I think, and, and we'll break the world record again. Yeah, that's wild. But uh, but but you know, it's kind of like uh, like I say, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not big into the newer, you know, up to date, like you guys are, you know, into the high speed and stuff like that. You know, I, I, you know, I've had fast cars, um, you know, but they were like, I uh, had, you know, um, ZL1s and, and ZR1 Corvettes that are, you know, they're pretty pretty fast cars from the factory uh, stock. But I never really I had uh, I had Chevy. They built me a 2008 z 6 and they did the motor on it. And uh, I think it was like 700 and something horse. I think it's still on YouTube. And uh, that that ran that ran pretty good. But yeah, yeah I, I I you know I I I was more into those. Cars later on uh, in life, Um, you know, I had some hot rods. I never really built uh, a hot rod, but um, but I, you know, I I always I probably had forty cars at one time. I I had you know I had uh, a sixty six four hundred nine Biscayne with a post in it, Uh, a bench seat. Uh, I had a four twenty one Catalina three twos. Um, I had uh, I had. From 62, 64. I had from 64 to 70 uh, four speed convertibles, um, matching numbers uh, 64 to 70 GTOs, and I had 64 to 70 442s, all convertible four speeds. Damn.
1: It gets brought up on the podcast all the time when we're talking about movies. It's Dazed and Confused is one of the things. It, basically, he's living in Dazed and Confused, and we're always talking about how good of a <laughs> oh, yeah. movie it is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, I mean, you sounds like you had every single car that was an iconic straight-line ass-kicker back in the day.
2: Yeah, uh, pretty much. Roadrunners, and uh, I still like those 413. Yeah, um, the old Mopars. They're, they're The earlier ones, you know, the sixty fours and back then, oh yeah, they were kind of, you know, back then they were ugly car. Today they're really cool. Yeah, I got a sixty five
0: Belvedere. That uh, same thing. It's just my uncle had
2: one. Yep, that's it. Was just a, it's
0: a sinister, mean ass car. But yeah, but by like, you know, if you were to look at it from a styling standpoint, it's it it should be terribly ugly. But it's that's the meanest looking car. So ugly, it's
1: cool. Yeah, I love (laughs) the. Well, it could be a B pillar and C B yeah, pillar in that. True. I love the yeah the roof line. It's yeah. so wrong. It's what's cool about it.
0: Well, I was just I'm curious where the where the Model A came from. Did you you commissioned Jesse to build that, or that was when he was at Austin uh,
2: Speed Shop? Yeah, it was kind of like Discovery wanted us to do something together, Sure. and um, so we talked a little bit and said, "Build me a car," you know, and, and, and kind of it was it was his uh, his idea to build. That, uh, that style car.
1: Was he, was he afraid to get in the ring and go a few rounds with you? That's why he had to build a car? You said he wanted to do something together. He's a pretty
2: big boy, too. That'd be a good, uh, I'm, I'm- <laughs> good couple rounds. He's a big boy, yeah. he. he uh, <laughs> I think he played college ball, too, right? Football or... Yeah, yeah. If he yeah. played some football. I don't... You know, I, I know him. Um, I know him from building the car. And I know him from... Uh, we did a build-off. Uh, he was in... And, and uh, you know, a few events and stuff like that. But I don't know him really well. You know, we never really, uh, like, hung out per se. Uh, I think he's a good guy. You know, I, I always thought it was, I thought, you know, back in the day, everybody was jealous and envious. I mean, everybody hated him, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, that guy screwed me out of this. and And I never really felt that way. Just a cool guy. We've gotten to be kind of friends over the
0: years. And I know when your name came up, he's, he speaks very highly of you. I think he's got a lot of, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but I, I think he's got a hell of a lot of respect for you.
2: Yeah. I think the guy is like probably one of the best craftsmen that there is. I mean, there's not much that he can't do, you know, and, 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 and do it well. Uh, guns, cars, bikes doesn't really make any difference. He, he really, uh, he's really a craftsman.
1: Well, it's that same compulsive personality. If you're going to do it, win it, yeah. beat it, destroy yeah, but, destroy all the competition.
3: It's kind of been a common theme on the podcast with most of our guests that go all in and don't lose. You and, don't hear I many we,
1: successful uh, people saying, you know, I just kind of dabbled at it and played a little bit here <laughs> and there, and it just kind of happened. Anybody that's successful, like... I think we all need to get together and go into like a 12-step program
0: together to... My name's Jeremy, and I work too. I'm an overachiever. <laughs>
1: Uh, what's a uh, what's your personal all time favorite build that y'all did? I always say the next one. Perfect. That's yep. what I always
2: yep. say. Yep. But um, I, you know, as far as uh, um from a bike standpoint, from from what I like was the David Man bike. I don't know if you remember the David Man bike. Yep. That was a, that was a cool yep. bike. You know, that was a real um, that was more chopper. your more your flavor. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, you know, there's meaningful bikes. I think the fireman bikes pretty, was a very meaningful, uh, bike for a a lot of people. Um, so it's, you know, I'll tell you one of my favorite bikes is the POW. I I have that. I have both bikes at my restaurant, but yeah, I like I like the, the POW. Um, you know, I have feelings more about that. Uh, you, were, you were
1: you were in Vietnam right with the merchant marines Well
2: I was in I delivered ammunition to Vietnam in a, in the merchant Marines. but um you know that was my era you know the Vietnam war was you know in in 69 was at its peak you know so um I kind of most did you know it was for every POW but, but really more so on, on the Vietnam uh veterans um so I I had strong feelings for for, for them and what they went through and, and the neglect that they got when they, when they got out. Cause it was an uncalled for war. It was a horrible war. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I like the uh, POW. Right?
1: I can't imagine the the stories and the, and the relationships that that one that that build brought about, um, you know, w- with the show and, and the places you got to go with that bike. I can, I can imagine, especially from your era and, and, and doing what you did, that would be yeah. a extremely emotional one. And, very eye-opening one as, as well. For sure, and that's, yeah. that was when men were men.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. But you know, every, every bike has a story, you know.
0: Oh yeah, every bike, every car. And speaking of when men were men, I, I'm curious about this because I've enjoyed talking to you because you, you're cut from the same cloth as my old man. I think Phil would yep would agree. So it's it's very cool chatting with you. But what's the best advice you've gotten? in business, in life that's stuck with you all these years? That's a tough question. And, it, and if, it's, if you're just totally self-driven and there's never been any advice, then what advice
3: would you give yeah. a guy that wants to,
2: <laughs> wants to be and where you're I, at? No, I, I, I think it all comes down to perseverance. That, that that's you know, what I think, you know what I mean? Because sure. you know, it, it's, it's easy to get through the hard stuff, but to per- persevere uh to get through the, the 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 thicker stuff i that would be you know um listen i am willing to you know uh being uh, being honest and and I, and I think all those all those things are a trait of a good business person and a successful business where I think you have to have values um ethics and and, and and stuff like that so you know i mean that's a lot of my advice would be you know just um I mean, uh, it, it's easy in business to sway off and become a conniver. You know, some money, I mean, yeah. money does that to people. And I think that, um, and I think we've all done it at one time. Um, but, I, but I think that, you know, the, 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 the road to success, I think, is just being, uh, being fair, um, you know, treating people good. I think all those things go a long way. I mean, they do in my life today. I think that for me, uh, those are the important things. You know, treating people, whether they're handicapped or they're the smartest person in the world, you know, kind of treat them. You know, I treat them. I treat all people, no matter what color, without what race, without you know what deformity, whatever. You know, I don't treat them any. I don't treat anybody any different than than person next.
0: That's solid advice. Yeah, my my dad always called it staying power. You got to be able to just yes. stick with it, yeah. and that's that's exactly it—perseverance.
1: Because it's not easy. What Rocky? What? That's back to you—the the Rocky quote. That one
3: yeah. one to live by. It's not how hard you hit, but how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. business
2: right yeah. there. Yeah, heard that, but that's true. <laughs> what uh?
1: What's next for OCC? What are you guys working on building? Is is TV in the future, or have you done that and uh, no more?
2: No, it's, it's funny they just did a documentary on me, um, uh, and they're you know they're 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 uh, they're they're talking about going into a series, um, which uh, you know I, I i had I had a lot of difficulties with not being in control of whatever you did or said on TV because they had can control over the editing so no matter what you did if you were the best guy in the world they know how to make you look like the worst guy in the world and that's what they did uh, and and you know uh, it, it affected my life it affected my business and and they never care you know so what the thing that I'm doing now is I have a I have a piece of what I'm doing so I have control over the editing also um, so for me, um, and you know, I'm allowed to be myself, I'm allowed to, you know what I'm saying. I don't, I, I'm, I don't, I didn't, de- I never liked when you were in the middle of doing something and they stopped you, you know, or they, they, they made you go through the same door 10 times because they didn't, they didn't like the way, nice. the way you went in and out, you know what I mean? And, uh, I, I don't, I, the, the, the situation that I'm in now with the filming is, it, it's, it's not that way. So, it's it's kind of like being in a small shop. It's more enjoyable and 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 it's a lot uh, less stress. And as far as projects, you know, I I uh, I, I have uh, uh, three bikes I'm building for uh, a father, son, and an uncle in, in the same business. Um, we do this uh, dream bike thing where uh, the person could win a um, if he wins, he gets the build. Uh, part of the bike and have a say in the bike that, uh, that I'm building is it's going on the third year that we're doing that and uh, it's a real it's a good deal it works out good they, um, they also uh, a portion of the money goes to the ASPCA um, that my wife's president of and I'm vice president because we're involved in that uh, in New York it's a non-kill shelter. And so part of that, uh, money, cause it's nonprofit goes to the, to the shelter. And, uh, they've, the first time they raised 286,000. And the second one did either the same or close to it. And, uh, we're doing a, a, a third, uh, now. So it, uh, that happens like they do one, one a year, they're going to do two, uh, this year. And then I have a couple of bills that I'm doing for, uh, Believe it or not, the Harley Davidson dealership. The owner is having me build these uh, two crazy bikes. And then uh, I'm talking to talk to a guy today that is a seal and um, a Navy SEAL, and uh, they're doing a big, big, uh, uh, big event. And he wants me to build a bike for that particular event and unveil it out of it. So I'll be doing that uh, also. So I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm. I'm <laughs> like I haven't been this busy since uh, I can I can't remember you know and uh that's great so those the, you know, I I have a uh, and and the bikes that I'm building like I like the the two bikes I have on a lift now real choppers you know it's not it's a real chopper that's what I, what I what I enjoy you know building sissy bars and um putting shovelhead motors in there and you know get that springer kicked out there and uh, so that I, I I love doing uh those kind of those kind of bikes. So being, being, I always enjoyed when the
0: senior builds came up, I guess I, I yeah. dig
2: your style. You could tell you, you
0: know, what's going on. You've got the old school look, the experience. And every time, uh, one of
1: those came on, it's like, all right, this, you can tell this the, fucker's pretty cool. <laughs> the front end was always right. The wheel and tire package was right. The oil bag was right. And then the headlight, you yeah. could always tell that those things were, were, you know, and that's what, that's what yeah, made
2: it. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because, um, People ask me how I how do you ride that bike the chopper that I have, and because um, it has a real long and and it's not for everybody. Not everybody can ride that bike. You don't see a, a lot of it, but you know the the three the, the things that are most important about a bike is the seat, the handlebars, and the forward controls. That's the that's the three things s- you touch. You need to be sitting in that bike where your legs are in the perfect position, your hand, your arms are in the perfect position, your back is tucked in, and you can... You could, you could. I ride that chopper more than I ride a and I ride, I've taken it out in Montana and Colorado out that way and just rode in the mountains for a week at a time.
1: Wow, so that's bad. Uh, well. Now we get to the point where we ask uh, the standard questions that we ask every single guest. And I'm I'm really excited about some of these. <laughs> this is going to be good. Uh, what is the best? Now, you're a special guest, so it could be motorcycle movie or car movie. You pick. What's the best bike or car movie and why?
2: Easy Rider. You know, oh, that, that would be my guess. That's, you know, that's a shit movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you watch it. Watch that thing thirty years later, and you're like, I, I like when that when that came out in the in the theater. That was like everybody was everybody was going to get on their bike and put it and travel the world, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> you know. And, and of course, that lasted a little while. But uh, you know that, and and listen, today, you know, I've built a Captain America bike. Uh, those bikes were cool then, and they're they're cool now. I I don't oh, yeah. you know I don't. I don't I can't think of a lot of uh like real motorcycle shows or TV or movie uh bike shows
0: you Oh man Easy Rider is a a great I've got an awesome memory of Easy Rider it was the first time my parents left me home alone and my dad <laughs> gave me Easy Rider VHS and put it in, he's, he's telling me how badass this movie is and I was just glued to it you know as a kid you know, you're not used to watching stuff from like the seventies and I'm like, Holy fuck. These guys are badass!" And to this day, I'm still like wildly attracted to the captain America bike. And at some point I'm going to have, right. I'll probably do it as like a bobber, but that bike is just, it was just so damn cool. So I'll never forget that. It must've been like
2: nine, 10. I don't know. We, We built one just recently, pretty much, um, pretty much to its originality, you know, the, Real panhand motor, um, yeah, it was it, it was pretty cool. They're a cool bike, you know. I I, I think that uh, that and the Billy Bob, they're they're both cool. They're yeah. both cool bikes. Always, always, was and always, always welcoming.
0: How about Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man? I was going to go yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, I forgot about that. You ever seen that one? Who who played that? You know? um, Mickey Rourke and Don Johnson. Yeah, Mickey Rourke was Harley Davidson, and Don Johnson was the Marlboro <laughs> man. If you haven't yes. seen it.
2: No, no, you're, I've you're, seen, oh you're I've seen it. Great great movie. Movie. They they play the part well, you know? Yeah. Mickey Rourke, he especially back then, he uh, he was really he was really the guy to do
0: that. Yeah. That yeah, was cool.
1: Mickey Rourke's yeah. in, everything he's ever been in from my, my from my standpoint, you're cool. just like, oh man. And he doesn't I don't know why I'm even saying this, but he acts like he's not an actor. Like, right. like it's he doesn't, every, doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's like you just see him in it. and Like, how did they get him to do that? Like, and it's yeah, he's not a, he's not really an actor. It's like they convince him just to be
2: in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he you know he really is a crazy man, uh, and I think that's what's attractive about him. He's he's crazy, but yeah. you know when you when you think about the uh, and and like he was kind of washed up there for a while, you know, drunk and drug addict. He he may still be. I don't <laughs> I don't know. But then he then he did the wrestler. Oh yeah. Uh, that was a phenomenal movie. That was an amazing movie. That definitely brought him back to life. Yeah, I mean, it's that, cool. That, that, to me, I think that was a tough movie to make.
1: Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to mark this day in history. We're, we're talking with Paul Sr. about Mickey Rourke. I mean, that, that where in the <laughs> world? It's about as at Where, cool did, as it where did we get? I mean, how did we get here? <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, next question. Uh, what is the trickiest build out of all the builds that you've done, it could be time frame, it could be you know demands, it could be that. What's the trickiest build you've ever been a part of? What's the one that
2: you talked about perseverance? We did a, a hearst, like a funeral for a funeral pile, and we built like a real like the the slide out. I mean, it was identical, and the it was it was uh, considered the last ride, and the the guy. Uh, I forget the guy's name. He was a cool guy. Uh, he owned his own free roll power. And he still uses it today. But that was the hardest. And that was like I, I've lost so much money on that, on that. <laughs> and it, was, it was it was one of those things that were just endless. When's it gonna, you know, when am I gonna stop spending so much money and when is this gonna end? You know, because and even to figure out to tie that motorcycle into that big Hurst uh, um, it, it was to get the, the steering right. And that was like, I had. A, we called people from around the world <laughs> to figure uh, how to get that geometry right. But, you know, the guy will go down the road 60, 70 miles an hour carrying the body in there.
1: That's awesome. You know how I know that that's the worst, trickiest build? Because he's, he answered before I even finished the question. Every other guest you've always asked, you've got to, well, I, I got to about think it. about this. He knew exactly what the trickiest one <laughs> before a, I even finished. <laughs> real pain in the ass. That one Mother. must have been bad. <laughs>
2: but,
1: um, what is in what is in your pockets right now? This is the one I'm most excited about. Every guest we have, we do a, have him do a pocket dump, and we're getting to ask Paul <laughs> Sr. what is in his pockets right now.
2: Do you literally mean what's in my pocket? What's in your pockets? <laughs> yeah. Right now.
1: Yeah. I have pocket knife. Pocket. What? What pocket knife? We talk about knives all the time. What pocket knife are you Kershaw? carrying?
2: Kershaw.
1: Kershaw. Yeah. You want to see it? Yeah, Absolutely. We got to see, We got to see Paul. C. Yeah, we're all knife. we're all
2: packing. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Everybody's everybody's got yeah, the pocket I don't, knife. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't. If I don't have a knife on me, you feel I'm, naked. I've, I use it. You use it all the time. But I, but I, uh, I have a a, a bad problem because I get, I have, I always have nice knives. They made OCC knives. I still have them too. They're they're pretty pretty nice uh, knives. But I, I, I lose them in the airport. Like, I forget the <laughs> yeah yeah. Like, they I f- want to stab myself.
3: They frown to, upon those things at the security <laughs> yeah. checkpoint. That's my <laughs> biggest fear: is going into TSA and realizing, like, oh and, shit. And
2: I beg them. I'll beg him. Yeah. Can, you, can you can you do? Can you help me out?
1: Yeah, I thought the ultra famous got like a special card where you Dude, could just. Write, it's Paul Senior from OCC. Yeah. I can just walk See, on. That's
0: where you got to lean on that celebrity there yeah. and be like,
1: guys, come on, you know who the fuck <laughs> I am.
3: <laughs> See these guns? I'm
2: carrying. Every
0: once in a while, you yeah. got to cash in on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I have marker. I carry a black marker, sharpie. So, so I don't have to wait around for somebody to find a pen. to sign them whatever it is they want me to sign so I carry that uh my wallet and um I have like a thing a small thing that I carry aspirin and that kind of stuff with and uh, of course I carry a comb and I carry my money in my back pocket.
1: I know it That's seems like a weird question we ask every single guest it's just something we do we do pocket dumps later on in the show from what we're carrying today. It's a, it's a unique one you'd be surprised at at what is in people's pockets.
2: I, I bet you're I bet you're some interesting things right
1: <laughs> absolutely uh, and last but not least what's the what's the biggest mistake you've ever made during a build and how did you get it fixed damn or we also accept we've never made a mistake
2: <laughs> <laughs> but then we know you're full of shit well <laughs> I mean a lot of them so <laughs> it takes me a while to, to get all of that out
1: hey you don't have to not
2: a big deal well, I, I I honestly can't think. I mean, you know, the, the, probably every bill, probably every bill that we did on TV, we had a problem with that um not didn't always get seen on on, on the TV. So, I can tell you, I drove I drove a bike off the, off the stage. <laughs> I drove a bike off the stage once. <laughs> I drove a bike off the off the ramp. Okay, there was a ramp that was about six feet wide and probably <laughs> four foot off. The, off the ground, and I had to drive up, and I fell off the ramp. No put the way. Board- <laughs> and, but, but so, and another time, okay, they took a two by a two by twelve. I think it was two by twelve, and the, the 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 stage was probably every bit of eight foot. Oh, and they put that board down, and they said that's the way you're getting up on the on the stage. Uh, I didn't know any better. Yeah. <laughs> I just. So I just like wide open and I got up on that stage and when I got to the top, there was a band up there and uh, I tried to stop and uh, the bike was going. I was knocking down all the, all the speakers, the drums, <laughs> <everything>. <laughs> like I wiped everything out. Making an entrance. Well what's interesting is I made it up that thing, but I couldn't make it up. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, I'll never forget it. You know.
1: Oh, that's crazy. Well, Mr. Tuttle, I'm going to, I'm going to address you as Mr. Tuttle. This, this has absolutely been amazing. Seriously. I never thought in my life, I'm sure I echo, uh, Phil and Jeremy uh, that never thought we would be sitting here having this conversation. But even above that, I was always a fan. We were always fans. I've gained so much respect, um, for you having this conversation. Um, so much, honestly, I'll be t- I'll be completely honest, so much different than I thought you would be. And it, it's... it's.
0: I think, yeah. you know, I can echo that. That is exactly my thought, man. My hat is off to you. Yeah. Tremendous amount of respect for you. This has been so cool.
3: Cool to hear all the backstory and the realness and you've got, how you built everything. It's just...
1: You've yeah. got three true fans. And if anybody ever talks shit about Paul Sr. when we're out in public... Yeah, we, we got uh, we got your back. No, like you I don't need it. But you about, about it. But. We'll stand right behind you. <laughs> yeah, and <make> sure. right.
2: <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys. It was uh, it was um, it was an enjoyable talking.
1: Yeah. If you're ever in the Chicago area, which I know you. If you're in Florida, there's no reason you should be. But <laughs> if you're ever up here in the Chicago area, come by. We'd love to talk to you, you know, show you the shop, you know, grab some lunch, dinner, something like yeah, that. that and great. next time we're down in the uh, Clearwater, St. Pete area or yeah. whatever, we want to come by and see your shop for sure. Wow.
2: Yeah. You can have a uh, I'll buy you I'll buy you dinner or lunch. I
1: appreciate
0: it, man.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Seriously. This has been absolutely amazing. Yeah. We're going to have to do this. it again sometime.
2: Sure. Yeah. Love to. All right, pre- guys. Appreciate right. it. Take care. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, man.
1: Big thanks again to Paul Sr. Remember, you can keep up to date with the latest at Paul Tuttle Sr. on Instagram or see what's going on at OCC Roadhouse by visiting OCCRoadhouse.com. But before we go, it's time for everyone's favorite segment and one we do every episode the glove box. The glove box is where we each do a pocket dump and tell you about any new cool gear, guns, EDC shit, whiskey, and stuff we're into. This in the glove box segment is brought to you by Bear Brakes. Bear Brakes.
3: Been using Bear for a long time. Um, I think we made a uh, a big switch over to exclusively using Bear, probably six, seven years ago, and never looked back. Solid company.
0: Uh, unbelievable product. Probably, in my opinion, the number one product in the aftermarket. Really, I've I've enjoyed the ease of installation with all their stuff. Such a great product. I mean, you get uh, rotors and hats that are one piece. Saves you all the. It's an hour countless, per uh, <laughs> countless per hours order. of torquing and safety wiring and uh, and I, I honestly I just I love the product. It's something we put on every car. It's one of those products you never have to troubleshoot. On every car you build, you have a punch list of, you know, kind of final troubleshooting things. Just simple punch list items and brakes never are, on are Never one of them. So you are uh, all made right there in Phoenix. Made right? in Phoenix, Arizona. Every single part and piece.
1: I almost feel guilty doing like a, a promotion for Bear because we generally love them so much. Like it's yeah. They really do. Bayer's, they're really that great. Look at every car we've built.
3: Yeah,
0: they're just <laughs> that's, dude, that's they're a, a good tagline. Up. They're just they're just one of those great, great yeah, partners. Got, if you need something custom, I mean, we've done plenty of stuff. That every high end vehicle we've done, whether you see their name on them or not, they're more than willing to accommodate the colors, the designs, the millwork, anything that we need, and it. uh it's a simple product to bolt on, which is what I like the best. It takes all the complications out of it for the home, like the garage builder. It is that's going to be your best friend.
3: Complete kit with everything you need in the box: rotors, hats, pre-assembled. Makes the installation extremely easy. Detailed instructions. The kit comes with everything you need, basically except the brake fluid to uh, to make but your car stop.
1: They've got the they've got the name and the quality. Um, and the street cred, if you will, like, no matter what it is, like, there's, there's lots, there's several other companies out there that do brakes, right? And there's some that are on the, oh, that's fucking awesome, you've got a big brake kit, you know, and I built it my myself at my home, at my house. And then you've got some other ones that out there, it's like, so it's Formula One brakes that you figured out a way to, to get on your car. But but Bear is, is, is a company that fills all those voids. It's whether hit. it's... Whether it's an 11 inch kit that you're you know you're putting on you know your resto mod at home, or it's the fucking next street machine I, of the year or Riddler winner that's bears provided you the parts with.
3: Yeah, they've got kits for everything. I mean, we use their 11 inch kits when we want to run a 15 or 16 inch wheel, and we've run their 16 inch massive six or eight piston calipers when we're running a a 24 on the new OBS truck and want something that's gonna have all the bling and fill up that massive wheel so they got you covered in every area
0: i love being impressed on both ends of the spectrum that you can put one of their 11 inch four piston discs on a spec chassis and it will put you through the windshield when you want to stop and on the complete opposite end of the spectrum when you're doing some of our most high-end stuff and you have 14 to 16 inch massive brakes you get the same performance i've never been disappointed
1: to learn more about Bear breaks, go to bear.com. That is B-A-E-R.com. You can also call us at the Roacher Shop if you have any questions. If you listen enough, you already know what the glove box is. What do we have up on the glove box this week? Who wants to go first?
3: Are we doing the pocket dump first? Yeah,
1: pocket dump first.
3: I switched up the knife a little bit.
1: Oh. Out time.
3: Rare. I got the uh, Microtech. Well, aces and eights.
1: OTF. That's their death card series. It is. Is that a UTX 85? Is it? Yep. Yep. It does look like that.
0: Leave it to Josh. That's the, yeah, yeah, he's like a serial number. Life encyclopedia over here.
1: It is. Well, the, yeah, it's all, those are all true things. (laughs) I got
0: got the same one. That
3: was awesome. A gift from a good customer, Matt Saxton.
1: It's a Um, sweet knife.
3: It is pretty badass. Another one that I feel is a little bit too nice to carry on a daily basis. So it's a special occasion knife for me. I, don't I'd ever have, say, say that i have to disagree microtechs. with
0: that because I carried the ever-living shit out of that exact knife that Matt gave yeah. me. It, it, it never left my pocket for like two years, and I wore wore it out. I've got to send it back in because it uh, finally
1: killed the spring. Oh, we need to get that back. Yeah. I, I don't ever say that microtechs are too nice to carry. That is completely against everything they stand for. They want you to beat the shit out of them. However, well, they stand behind them. They also, you know, uh, the Marfiones does, you know, that's do, their do custom Do you know anybody series. that has a Marfione? I do not have one. Nobody has a Marfione. But oh, you do. No, I do Jesse not have one. Jesse was carrying one. Uh, the thing about the marfions is though some of those are six and seven thousand dollars, but they also say they're not too nice to carry. If I spent that seven thousand dollars on a knife, I probably would Can think you, it's too nice to carry. <laughs> Can you just spend
3: it? seven thousand dollars on a knife? I'd think we're paying you too much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and I'm uh so, I'm actually well you got What else are you you rocking here? That's any- it.
3: Everything else is kind of my standard carry. I,
1: bear pen, it, iPhone, wallet. The, I can't believe all that fits in that fanny pack too, because it <laughs> fanny pack looks a little small. Yeah, well, it unrolls. And- <laughs> the Bayer pen is
0: a huge crowd, huge crowd pleaser. I hear more, and I've got one. I know, and it's all the hype. It's it lives up to it. Yep. I got to hear about like everybody.
3: That, Who's the actual uh, that's guy a, that makes them? I forgot his name. Uh Chen Company.
1: Sh, sh, sh. Okay, you can't
0: let that. Go. Oh, We're okay. gonna make those RS knives uh,
1: or RS pens. Okay, so... Yeah. Yeah, I don't we want to got... give him credit. I don't want to get it all Bear the credit for... <laughs> yeah, Bear didn't make the Yeah, knife. but they gave it to us. Yeah. Rick gave it to us. That's the Bolt. They didn't give it... That's t- the Bolt pen. <laughs> yeah, great pen. What do you have in your Similar, c- coincidentally. Mixed it up
0: today. Went back to an old classic. Also a Microtech. And I'm going to lean on Josh to tell me what, <laughs> what model this is. It's also a UTX85. Smaller. It's their uh, mid-size. Yep. Yeah. midsize yeah. mid-size, serrated blade. I like the serrated blade. You do for, I like the serrated as well. Blade for a daily carry. If you're using it, you got to cut some rope. You know, How much and, rope do you cut on a daily basis? A fair amount. You you haven't cut rope this week. Not this week. You I cut, cut couple rope a couple weeks ago. I cut some rope I, when I was I was building that. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, I was build, when I was. I'm driving that little Ford uh, rental, a uh, little mid-size SUV. And I put about two thousand pounds of decking in the back at Home Depot. Yes, some
1: twine. You had to cover so, up some twine. Yeah, I'm
0: carrying. It and I bought some rope. That was a sight to see. Tied the hatch. <laughs> you looked out <Now> just <laughs> like
1: your standard homeowner. Yeah, I
0: felt great. I'm like, oh man, yeah, that was that was rough. But this thing, that's a this was a daily carry for years. I retired it for a while. I feel like the majority of its use is cutting boxes and tape. So you can see it's loaded with. Just like tape, tape residue,
3: but uh, gotta cut uh, zip ties. Your kids are a little bit older now, but our kids are both in the uh eight to ten year old yep. range, and every toy has got four hundred and eighty-seven zip, oh, yeah. zip ties in there. And that's where and,
0: the serrations yeah. come into play because you use like a dagger blade. You're there for hours. I mean, you cut yourself with a like inch and a half little. Folder. So Look, imagine we, using like a dagger OTF and trying to cut a kid's... We talked about this. You said yeah. you weren't going to bring it back up. Oh, I'll...
3: Because <laughs> he I, hates I highlighting <laughs> your failures. And here, on, I'll likely
0: bring it up every single week. We traded stuff. I'll, uh, I'll bring it up as often or lack thereof as the scooter accident.
1: Which I don't know. We talked about that. I think, was it the last episode? where Yeah, it was the fucking last episode. We yeah. spent 20 minutes on it. It hasn't even aired yet, I don't think. I, I feel like I want to retell the story because no, I you can't I, retell the like, story. Like, you can't tell the story twice. I think there's twenty more minutes.
0: I know it, it happened in a split second, but I think I could You had your shot. All right. I hope I did it justice. All right, well
1: you but talked got, about uh, your micro <laughs> yeah, okay, so
0: I, I got the microtech. Other than that, it's the usual the money clip, the the dad wallet that keeps it's an ever growing uh ever growing little Walt there that uh I think didn't you say we got something coming to
1: We're supposed to have some some okay. ridge wallets coming to try out. We'll see. See if they show up. We'll see if they live up to the hype or if it's all just marketing. We'll see if it actually solves a problem. Uh, this week for me, what do I got? I actually, no. I heard that
0: snap. Good clip
1: coming a, out of the pocket. Good clip. This has uh, this been in my pocket for a few days, but I'll have to be honest that I, I, I borrowed or repurposed this from my son. This is one of my son's knives, <laughs> and I, I've been eyeing it for a while, and I wanted to try it. So this is a uh, Civivi. Uh, you know, you had a, a Wee Knife the other day. Um, Civivi is actually the uh, a sister company with Wee Knives.
3: Is, it? is that this actually is how it's pronounced?
1: Savivi, yeah, C I V I V I. Savivi Aquila. This is the Savivi Aquila.
0: That's a mouthful.
1: Yep. Uh, what you want to hear? You want to hear something?
0: Yeah. Let it snap. It's got some. Thumb it's got too. a good
1: tactile. Not very I like loud.
0: A, I like a flipper. Yeah, I can fuck with a flipper.
1: This is uh, this is cool because it's got some of my favorite things. I'm a sucker for FDE. This is uh, a FDE tan G10 with gold liners. Like you some gold. I do like me some gold. I like me some gold and tan. This is a liner lock flipper. A uh, little over eight inches, three and a half inch blade. So this is your. This would be your full size EDC carry. I personally wouldn't go to anything much bigger than this, Um, but really, really slick blade. It's got great action. It's on ceramic ball bearings, but Civivi and Wii knives also play, they great quality. They got a lot of US designers that they, uh, small guys that they come up with that that, that do some of their designs. Um, But for the price point, I think this this knife is under a hundred bucks. If you see a Civivi or a Wii, give it a shot. I want you to play with that. Go ahead and give it a flip. Let me give that a flip. I like it. Nice. Nothing absolutely wild, earth-shattering. Just a good, solid, nice size. Got a little uh, flash to it. To me,
0: completely. Really nothing at all that's completely, like...
1: It's a good flipper, though. It's a good flipper. What else you got? Titanium uh, pocket clip on it, actually. Oh, same, same wallet. Uh... Pack of cigarettes. Got a special little uh, lighter that what one com- of my good friends gave me. It's a got a spark plug on it. He what said kind of, he thought about me. <laughs> Before we talk about that, what kind of cigarettes are there? Same cigarettes I've been smoking since I started smoking cigarettes. Which what are... cigarettes did you start smoking? That'd be Newport 100s because I like the long ones. Menthols. <laughs> yeah, Newport's only coming. Are they Menthols. only okay. Yeah, they, they did a little short run of those reds for a while, but I don't think they took off. It's... <laughs> 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 Newports, because you like the long ones. Newport 100s. Don't tell me I'm not a quitter. I've been smoking <laughs> since uh, I started. Way back,
3: <laughs> way back way in the Way day. back there.
1: <laughs> you yep. can tell because how it is. Yeah. That does it for what's in our pockets. But what are we drinking today? Uh, I'll let Jer pull the, uh, yeah. the
3: intro on this one. This is his pick. This, well, actually, we were on that little uh, bourbon trail
0: tour And uh, stopped off at a cool liquor store, uh, Justin's House of Bourbon in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Always wanted to go there because they uh, advertise a lot of old Dusties, some cool vintage liquor bottles. And once you see the prices of those cool vintage liquor bottles, you realize that you're not buying those cool (laughs) vintage
1: liquor bottles. So if you're on the hunt for something, they got it.
0: Yeah. If you're looking for anything, like any of the rare stuff that you're not going to find at your run-of-the-mill liquor store, it's on the shelf there. And most of it's... Fairly priced, I'd say, you know, unless you're like trying to get into your pappies or your like real super rarities. But uh, Josh pulled this one off the shelf and showed it to me, and it was attractive. It's called Kentucky Par. I've never heard of it, and it's just got that classic vintage
1: look. So I did a little research before we got on here.
0: Did you? Unfortunately
1: for the listeners, this is sold in two places, two places only. That would be Kentucky and Florida. that right? Only places <laughs> in the United States is Kentucky and Florida. However, you can have your local liquor store order it for you if they can get it. Damn. Kentucky Par is is an old, old brand. Way it's back in the day, 19, they brought back.
0: 1933. And the, the two things that this has going for it right out of the gate, beautiful bottle, killer logo, classic look, but it's a 12-year. And I think that 12 sweet years spot. are always the sweet spot. Anything that's on the shelf that's, that's a
1: 12-year... For me a little while. I was gonna ask the same thing. Dancing the bottle around. Honestly, the bottle, the the bottle and label is well the label on the bottle is is the greatest thing. The the bottle sells it. It looks like it
0: literally looks like you should knock the dust off of it because it's been sitting on the shelf since the thirties. But I, I would encourage anybody if you see something that's a 12 year I've I'm yet to really find something bad that's from that, you know. That's aged at, at at twelve years. It's a light, I don't know, light proof, but it's a hundred proof. No burn going down. You Get a little mouth burn coming in, but
3: it's not yeah, like no chest
1: burn. I'm yeah, right. but you don't get that chest burn. But the flavor's great. I we did not know what to expect. We we opened this up for for today's recording and had no idea what to expect. And I'm going to tell you what that I'm disappointed because we we got a bottle and we're. Three Should quarters of the more. way through the bottle, and we can't get another bottle.
0: Oh, we can't because somebody got one for their home collection. Oh, that
1: does, that <laughs> that's, does that's, us that's no good. That's
0: this guy over that's here, that does. What it is? Yeah, I bought one for home ah, okay. because it, it the bottle was just so sexy looking. Like, or think about it this bottle. way:
1: we bought two for the studio. Another way of looking at it, and zero for you. Okay.
0: Well, at any rate, <laughs> it says right on the bottle:
1: made right, tastes right. Kentucky Park. Yeah. check it out. Fantastic stuff. What's our uh, what's our review for this week? One to ten. Everybody knows the rules. Kentucky Man, I'm, par. I'm putting this one up there. I'm giving it.
0: I gotta I gotta just refresh myself to see uh, where we've been and where we're going. Seven six. It's
3: a review. Man, I think
0: you're That's light. Low. I think you're I'm way light. light. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going eight o. I'm going eight o. Here's what or eight one.
0: Just to give you guys a little background. You guys gave the Elijah Craig 18 and 8.3. I came in at a 7.9. And I, I personally, I believe this. I like this better than the 18 Elijah Craig. I'm going one. It's that good. You said eight zero
1: mm-hmm. or 8.1. I agree yep. with you. It, I, I find this more palatable or enjoyable. And to I don't know my, if
0: I'm being like. I agree to disagree. I don't know if I'm being smoked showed by the bottle. Um, It tastes fucking good.
1: It really does.
3: Not arguing that.
1: Yeah, that's everybody. But that's the beauty about all this because it rating doesn't mean anything. It's about what you personally taste. Some people like things different than the others. And I'm going to rate it. At the end of the day, they come down to buy it or don't buy it. This one's absolutely buy it. This one's buy it. And I also, this one's buy one for reserve. This one's seek it out. Try to get it.
3: The problem with this one new rating system we could maybe come up with here buy it or don't buy it. Buy it, don't buy it, seek it out, pay over retail for it. Yeah. yeah. This and, one,
0: unfortunately, you gotta pay for this one. You know, it's
1: uh You, you gave what seven nine? Yeah. Phil? All right, I think right. Seven six.
0: It's that's light. You might just seven, want to six. put it
1: in a seven nine. You can round it up <laughs> if you <laughs> want. It. Jeremy's an eight one. Yeah, I'm an eight one. I echo that as well. I'm an eight one. That is uh that is saying something.
0: Do we want to hit the to price it. points on these? Or
1: yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, so this one you you're gonna pay for this one a little bit. You know, it's 149 bucks. So it's up there. You know, it's I, I think you know, some of your 12 years you're gonna be typically a 12 year you're you're right around hundred bucks, unless it's something real good. So you're paying a little more than your average stuff you're gonna find on the shelf, but
1: that could have been just Justin's too. We don't know what it's like on normal shelves. Yeah, you can Google that. Know. No, let's you know what? I'm we can Google it right now.
3: We'll say one thing I wanted to bring up from the, uh, the Louisville trip that I learned. I don't know if you guys were a part of this. Trying to smell the whiskey. Uh, at the Buffalo Trace Tasting, they said, make sure you open your mouth while smelling it. Because I used to always just smell pure alcohol. And I always have my mouth closed. You open your mouth for whatever. Ethanol alcohol goes out. Magic. Yeah. And you can, you can hmm. smell the flavor a whole lot better. That's they say a, to do a good that on your,
1: on your high proof. If you're drinking something that's a high proof. Once you take that sip to instant, once you swallow, go ahead and blow out, and that gives that gets all that alcohol out, and you don't get near the burn as well. That's what they say. Looking it up on Drizzly, you are one forty-seven. On a couple of other sites, it goes down to one twenty-nine. So the one one thirty to one fifty yep. is probably what you're going to end up paying for the Kentucky par. So um,
0: seek it out by two, so you
1: don't feel guilty drinking the one. It's it's a good one. It really is a good one. Uh, so we're over with the glove box and on the gas. On the gas.
0: Who's on the throttle? Is, can we change it? to like on the throttle.
3: That's like motorcycle is related, isn't
1: it?
3: Oh, you can still call it a <laughs> throttle cable on a car? Yeah, but it's a gas pedal. All right, you're right. It's not a well, throttle we'll pedal. stick with it. Maybe it's a throttle pedal. Um, on the gas. On who the is gas.
1: Who we got this week, Josh? It's uh. In this segment, well, first of all, we got to explain to everybody what on the gas is. We might have new listeners. This is true. You never know. In this segment, we take some time to give a shout out to an individual vendor, shop, or company that's got their pedal to the metal or on the gas or throttle pinned on the throttle. Somebody that's on the throttle doing great work and taking their projects and industry to the next level. Up this week, we have... We're going to go with uh, J-Rod and Custom. That's somebody that... Is definitely on the gas.
3: That they are. I think I was pretty blown away at SEMA last year seeing that Suburban. That is absolute badass truck. The fit and finish um, on that thing is
1: next level. For Like That's,
3: thirty feet of car you've, per truck. That <laughs> was
0: insane. You've got some square footage there.
1: Oh, that they blocked that like they do, like those old uh, two-person saws. That, you know, it <laughs> was, was a two-handed block down that thing.
0: No, that but, was a wildly impressive truck. Um, Love the details, love, like, I mean, uh, everything about it. The color selections, yeah. the interior,
3: interior was awesome. I was blown away by that. Just the, the detail on the motor, all the sheet metal work under the hood, finishing everything out, nothing overdone. We don't um, get to
1: see them at shows a lot because they're all the way up there in Washington, the Pacific North wet. They don't, well, we got to see them at SEMA there. Um, yeah, that thing was.
3: Badass truck. Yeah.
1: I yeah. would Love to own that one. It's got, it's checking all the boxes for a, uh, PGS. That's for sure. For Phil Gerber special. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah. Beautiful truck. Tons of, I mean, it just looked like there was a ton of engineering. There's machine parts and hand fab parts and that thing just, uh, I mean, kind of in a, in a, a league of its own for the, like that. They just did a full generation. Suburban. Too, didn't they? Did they did. They did a wagoneer for, uh, Nick Griot from Griot's garage Griot's garage. And, uh, cool cool truck yeah i don't i get there's some background on that he's had that truck driven that truck i don't know a lot of the story on it. i
3: just know it's we lean on you for the details so
1: I, I apologize it, it he, he's he has a lot of vehicles and he's got obviously great taste right at
3: any rate they i know they chassis swapped
0: it it's ls powered rs4 chassis and uh, i think it hit like its maiden voyage was just getting on the road and road tripping. Do you see that family the, road some road of the Instagram
1: pictures where it's just like driving through an absolute whiteout? It yeah, is the best and, thing you can do. And that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Super cool. I, I mean, I did honestly, I dig everything those guys are doing. I've followed, uh, they got a second gen Camaro that, uh, looks like it's been going on for a while. It pops up, you know, in my feed, uh, from time to time. Um, killer flares, uh, all hand fabricated metal flares on the car that's uh I don't know where they're at with it. I don't know you know much about it other than the pictures that pop up and the thing's sick. I mean nothing's better looking than a second gen Camaro with ripper flares on it. And looking forward to seeing that one done. And it, it, that's a shop worth following. These guys do some really trick shit.
3: My first time we saw him with SEMA had to be five, six years ago with that little 66, 67 Nova. Uh, that Nova was cool. Thing like kind of came out of nowhere. We, again, we're not on the uh, the Northwest all that much, so didn't know about them and saw that uh, parked on the ramp spot at SEMA.
1: That level of fit and finish on that one, too. That's, yeah, it was like, fuck, this thing's badass. They bring it for sure.
3: Yeah, looks like total package. You know, sheet metal
0: guys got shaping skills, the tubing skills, detail skills,
1: overall style and design. Yeah, yeah they yeah. got it going on check them out at jrodcustom on instagram or jrodandcustom.com on the google internet machine if you want to go to their website or things such as that big thanks again to our guest paul tuttle senior seriously I, huge I, thanks yeah
0: what a what a killer night man that's uh, that was a hell of yeah. an interview man love chatting with him honestly that was just too cool
1: never never would have thought one that I personally would be here, like us having this conversation with him. And number two, ending the conversation, like, man, I wish we could have talked to him longer. <laughs> like <laughs> That was, you just, that's a guy you just want to hang out with. Absolutely. Cool, real dude that
3: probably got a little bit of a bad rap from the TV side, but yeah. got a cool stories, cool vision on everything. And
1: come away with a completely different point of view. That's for sure. Absolutely. And that's awesome. Remember, you can keep up to date with the latest at Paul Tuttle Sr. on Instagram or see what's going on at OCC Roadhouse by visiting OCCRoadhouse.com. Thanks again for everybody listening to Oil & Whiskey with the Roadster Shop, and Ironclad original. If you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and review. We're, we're getting some good reviews. I don't know about ratings. I don't know what the rating part of it is. I know we're getting reviews. So if anybody's listening that knows how to do the rating thing, do like a good rating. Do you know how the rating works? Mm -mm. I don't even know how the podcast thing works. Honestly, (laughs) this is all live. Is it really? Yeah, it just goes out. Are you serious? Yeah, so you guys edit that one part? (laughs) We're basically on the radio. Put it out on the line. On the line. Be sure to leave us a rating and review. Thanks again to Paul Tuttle Sr. We'll see you again next week.
4: Hey, how you doing? Brian Kane, host of the Mental Performance Daily Podcast here with you. And someone asked me recently, Kainer, how'd you go from 240 pounds to 180? Was it diet? Was it sleep? Did you change your workout routine? It was a little bit of all of that, and mostly habits and consistency. That's why I love FitBod. FitBod's smart workout app creates a custom dynamic exercise program based on your goals, experience, and equipment. It varies your routines to avoid overtraining and keeps you on schedule so you can keep that calendar full and maintain those summer gains. Their elite algorithm uses custom data and analytics to scientifically build your best next workout and maximize your results in the least amount of time. FitBot workouts fit easily into your schedule, making your time the best time to work out. FitBod works equally as awesome on your iOS or Android device. The app is super easy to use with video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. Let's keep that workout momentum going through getting personalized workouts from FitBod that get tougher as you do. Get 25% off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at FitBod.me slash MPD25. That's 25% off your subscription or try it free at FitBod.me slash
2: mpd25